This is Matt. And this is Ed. And welcome to Geek Central. Nani? Mac, M-A-C-C, like Mac truck. Mac. Uh, B. Mac and B, man, this is uh... Bro, we have like a town called Mac B, like not really far from us. I've never been there, man. <laughs> it's like close enough, Mac and B. That's a, you all over the place. <laughs> it's a sundown town. I can't go there. Oh, there you go. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> And it begins. Oh, down and down. it begins, ladies and gentlemen. It begins now. See, see, hey, here we go, man. This is. You see how you said that? Why can't you be like this, young man? I quit. Don't quit. <laughs> Don't quit. Well, hey, we're hiring. Uh, the pay is thirty cents. <laughs> thirty cents an hour. Hey, it's more than I get right now. Where do you get? Hello, fellas. Hey. I, hey, I remember when I was in the military, man. We would always say, "Hey, I got I get paid a dollar a day. Dollar a day? You got paid? Damn, I don't even get that. I get like two cents. This is robbery. You got a dollar, man. You know, it's, it's highway robbery. That was for the officers. <laughs> you were in the military, my friend. I was. I uh, I did almost ten years until I was medically retired. Ten years. That is a long time to serve in this country, my friend. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. It is. I don't want to do anything, to be honest with you. That's, you know, That's true. That's true. Well, would you be amazed that I've been married for 17 years, almost 18? You know, I believe it because it's kind of like me and my wife, we're on year six. And I think she's at that point where she doesn't feel comfortable, like, leaving me. Because, like, you know, I'm safe. I pay the bills. <laughs> you know, I feed the dog. You know, it's a couple of looks of disdain, but she's like, well, you know, I, I accept think the, him. I think the best, best concept I've, I've found that works for everybody. Uh, Sinbad put it together proper, the best way possible for anybody to, to, uh, to hear and think about. No one else wants to mess with your crazy. After so many times you get used to somebody's crazy to anybody else. They're even crazier. You know, it makes a lot of sense because I am a raving yeah. lunatic. I am a lunatic. Like, yeah, you are. <laughs> I'm actually not that bad, you know. At least I think I'm. You, I think I'm a great husband. You, you yeah. know what? Uh huh. I. I... <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. I love that. Uh huh. Okay, whatever. Now, here, here's the funny thing. Before I actually got into the military, I was in the. I was in. Um, in college at the time. I was going to a local community college called Vincent University here in uh, southern Indiana. And um, I'm in Central now, but um, I was going into the military. I was going to go into the Air Force. Well, I went through MEPS and everything, and I had said something wrong to somebody, said the wrong thing to somebody, and they wanted me to get checked out by a psychologist. So they set it up and everything. And then I left and I had to go, went back to school for a bit. And my recruiter called me in and says, we cannot recruit you right now. It's like, why? Well, because they have stated, and I quote, that you are legally insane with multiple personalities. And I sat there and it was just dumbfounded for a second. Then I just 
You just came out, no filter whatsoever. And I go, and <laughs> I'm an actor. Where do you think I get my characters from? <laughs> he didn't like that answer. So I had to wait like five years to get into the army. Wow. Yeah. He's like, you know what? This guy right here. <laughs> yeah. That is it. Hey, that's very interesting, man. That's very interesting that you would say that because I'm assuming in your line of work, you have to be multiple people in multiple different ways. You have no idea. <laughs> there are many times where I'm like, okay, which character am I going to bring out today? Let's see what works. Hmm. And what's funny is that I actually, and, I, and the other reason why I really wanted to get you guys in to talk about D&D and how it's impacted you know, the, the world today is because I actually, right above me right now, and I'll actually move my mic and stuff, and I'll show you. Um, I actually have all my minis oh, wow. right there. I have all my minis That's awesome, right there. Man. That's awesome. Yeah. And as a voice actor, as a voice actor, that's a great thing to have right next to you. Because if you're creating a voice for somebody, for something, all you got to do is just pull one of these up and like, okay, what does this one look like? All right. By just looking at him alone or her alone, this type of backstory comes along. This type of sound comes to mind and you just go with it. And that honestly works a lot better for a lot of the characters. You know, if I'm auditioning for something or I'm just creating something for a friend or my kids or something like that, it just works. Out. That's really cool. I guess, yeah, like I say, it helps you to visualize it, you know, it helps you, to visualize, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. but when you think about it, we all have, you know, uh, different sides of ourselves. Work Matt is a totally different person than what my mother, you know, would see, you know, oh, or yeah. my wife yeah. would see, you know, so, oh, yeah. and, and, and yeah, yeah, vice yeah. versa, you know, so, you know, mm-hmm. you do have to kind of, what, what's the word? Let me see if I can get this right. Compartmentalize. Oh, see, yeah, I know what I'm talking about. Hey, yeah. <laughs> he's so, using big words now, ladies and gentlemen. Exactly. Ed, spell it. Spell it. Ed. Don't use Google. What, what, what was the word again? Compartmentalize. Spell it. Um, spell it. C. You don't know how to see it. You're going to die. I'm going to die if you don't spell it. C-O-M. I'm dead. I'm dead, Ed. P-A-R-T-L-O-I-S. Okay. All right. Well, I took a phoenix down just now, so I'm dead. No thanks to Ed. Man, you notice phoenix downs are only like a thousand. What? You know how much money you get for killing a monster? No, I mean, it depends on what the monster is. Come on now. All right, my God. Uh, so before before we uh, get into everything here, uh, or do I already have? Okay, no, never mind. Cancel that. That's already done. That's already done. I was thinking about doing something else, but I realized I've already done it. I took taking a look at the uh, what you had printed out in, like the uh, like the outline. That's pretty good. Um, so I'm just gonna kind of flow with that. Uh, what else? What else? Anything else we need to talk about? Uh, it. Uh, yeah, no. of course. You're there. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> of course, it's pretty standard <laughs> stuff here. <laughs> Dude, you know how we function? We make an outline and we just kind of go with it. Do we even function? That's. Do uh, we even use an outline? No. Yes, we well, do. here's the great thing about doing this. It's <laughs> the fact that, you know, no matter what, it's just like D&D. You're always going to be making stuff up at the same, at, right at that moment. 
Yeah, that's a good you way to look at it. You were going to be flying by the same Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and that's a great thing. That's that, that's what makes it so much more um, respectable. Uh, more, um, well, I wouldn't say respectable. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because we're not respectable. <laughs> it's definitely not respectable. That's too honorable um, a term for us is what we do here. <laughs> Uh, more uh, where you you actually feel uh, close to it, like you can understand. It's more lifelike, um, genuine. Yeah, unique. I'll put unique. 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 New York. All right. Unique. New York. <laughs> so uh, let's get started here, guys. So Dungeons and Dragons is a fantasy tabletop role playing game created by Gary. Uh, Guy Gax. Okay, did I butcher another another name just now? Nope. Okay, okay. yeah, yeah that's right. Gary Guy Gax. Huzzah! All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gary Guy Gax and uh, Dave Arneson. Uh, first published in 1974 and has received many various updates through the years. It has become a staple in geek culture since its inception. Now with us today, we have a Mr. Maccabee Griffin, who is, uh, and I'll let him tell you all about himself. Hi, my name is Maccabee Griffin, and I'm a voice actor, slash a business owner, slash father, staff faith man, slash husband, slash literally everything impossible. And yes, I play Dungeons and Dragons, and I am proud of it. What's your favorite class? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dungeon master, so I pretty much am close to literally everything. I would say for myself personally... Uh, just depends on what mood I'm in to say it, but most of the time I, I would say Ranger. Ranger, okay. Ranger. Ranger school. I am a uh, paladin type of guy. Ooh. I always, I always do elves because I want to be like Legolas. That's a race, not a class. Oh, well, I don't know what I am then. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I wait. no, 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 I actually do paladin. I do paladin because I'll, and Bro. it's only, it's, it's only, no, listen, listen. It's only because I remember playing Final Fantasy four and that mm. moment when Cecil turns from the dark knight into the paladin was like the one of the most oh, epic okay. times ever. And I always choose paladin just because of that. You know what? Uh, because what we're going to do, what we're, we're supposed to do later on in the show is talk about our classes. Uh, and I picked the Paladin. I had a nice little backstory. You know, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, because Paladins deal with like faith and uh, shielding and healing, healing the party. But Ed, mm-hmm. in his infinite wisdom, decided that he wanted to be the same class as I am. <laughs> so I mean, now, in the same cleric. It's no. uh. I could be a thief, isn't that right? Is no, that one? You already picked the rogue. Paladin. You already picked the Paladin. You can be rogue. Yeah, I'll be you can rogue. Be rogue. I'll, I'll be rogue. It doesn't okay. matter. I'm changing my class now because it is screwed. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. I will be uh, a wizard now. A wizard? Oh. Okay. A wizard. I got a long. Now, long... why are you like this? <laughs> like what? Well, what am I like? Tell me. <laughs> why are you like this? Well, what am I like? I want to know what am I like. Tell me exactly what I'm like. Why you always be like this? I don't be like, you know what? I'm a man of honor and dignity, and I don't have to take this from you. Yep, that's a paladin, all right. Hey, uh, hey, see? See, he deserves it. He deserves to be a paladin. <laughs> if we're going to do this, I'm going to I'm gonna take up my my current character, and I love my character. He is a barbarian. Barbarian? He, he is a fire genasi barbarian. 
Second favorite char- character in Diablo 2 for me is uh, Barbarian, actually. So that's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Hack and slash, baby. Hack and slash sometimes. But, you know, because uh, we're going to talk about, like, the impact on D&D and the culture. You know, that mm-hmm. class-based system, uh, I mean, it's, it's it's so much. It's in so much. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, your MMOs, uh, your video games, uh, like Diablo, Diablo 2, Diablo 1, those are, like, cultural icons when they first released. Uh, <clears throat> lore, movies, video games, books, it doesn't matter. Like, a lot of stuff follows, like, that same, like, format you know even going mm-hmm. into the other side of the world you know you look at uh certain japanese and manga stuff like that you know a lot of that stuff is class-based or focusing on the uh heroes whisked away to another world aspect which is actually a dnd thing too because that's what the uh cartoon was like back in the 80s mm-hmm. absolutely and and i i love the cartoon that's that's one of the major things that got me in, involved in dnd um or at least gave me that that small little taste of it um, is just the fact that you could take something that was at that time, you know, considered evil in, in many ways and shapes and forms, even though it wasn't. Um, but I thought it was great just because you could, you saw just like all the different types of characters that you could play and all their different strengths and their weaknesses and what made them great and what, you know, made them more humanized. And with that, you know, and then of course, then you come into, uh, we, you know, how we don't really like to agree that, you know, there was an actual Dungeons and Dragons uh, movie um, because honestly, I don't think it really was. It was, you know, wasn't a Wayne's there's like, brother in there? There's like there's like four or five of them, aren't they? Yeah, the, the I, first one that yeah, the first one had one of the Wayans in it. Um, <clears throat> I can't remember which one, but it was so horrible. Oh I, my saw, gosh. Oh, I was so like at I was kind of like at like a thrift store the other day, and I saw like a um, Dungeons and Dragons like a it was like a third third of the movie or something like that, like a third one. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. But I didn't buy it though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's here's the thing about Dungeons and Dragons and and movies. They don't work. Because Dungeons and Dragons is something that is organic. It's really hard to put that into a script. Because mm-hmm. uh, every every that's what I love about it is because it's an RPG. It's a role-playing game, ladies and gentlemen. It's a role-playing game. You have to actually play it, and you actually have to go all in. And when you do that, then you open yourself up to something that you didn't even know you you had or you could be, and it creates something that is something that you carry with yourself for the rest of your life. And when you try to put that into a movie format, it really doesn't work because when people look at it, they're like, yeah, well, my character, you know, if I was that character, I wouldn't do that. Or now that doesn't go well with the narrative and you, you become very cynical of it. But as many people, as, as, as much as they try to do it, you know, it's great that they try, but you, it, the the stars have to align properly for it to actually do well. Yeah, in my I can, opinion, I agree. Uh, and uh, actually, I'm gonna touch on before before we talk about the movies again. I'm gonna touch on what you said mm-hmm. earlier. Is that 
you know, some of the characters and concepts of D&D were considered evil. Because you got to think, <laughs> at the time when it was released, uh, when, when was it released again? It was released in 1974. Uh, Originally, and, yes. uh, in a In America, that was pretty much pretty much let's say 95 they say 95 to 100 percent dominant uh christianity or some forms of it during that time period mm-hmm. like those concepts man they were really they were really pushed against you know you could barely even celebrate halloween back then so you know well, here's here's the other thing that because a, a man of you know I'm, I'm a christian myself and i i try to consider myself pretty faithful to to my god it, it, it's the Here's the difference. It wasn't Christianity. It was it was the religion that did yeah, it. It's not the per, it's not. There's a difference between religion and Christianity. Christianity okay. is Christ like. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and when someone sees something so in their mind that's evil, they're going to destroy it, no matter what. It doesn't matter if it's real or not. They're going to twist the truth to fit their their opinion. And I'm probably going to get destroyed with this later on, but I don't care. Um, To me, when you look at it, it's like, that's like going to the Bible and saying, oh, I'm going to rip out um, part of Revelations because of the fact that it states things about demons and about the, the, uh, the Antichrist and the beast. And you can't do that. Because that's exactly what it was with Dungeons and Dragons. The, only, the major reason why people got PO'd with it was because of the fact that it had demons in it. It had monsters in it. It had all these creatures that people thought would influence people's, uh, their, their children's minds and put them in a falsehood. But the, here's the problem with that is the fact that you're not giving that person reasonable doubt that they are going to be able to figure out what's different, what the difference is between reality and fiction. And the other aspect that I thought was hilarious is was they, they went so far and beyond with this whole campaign that they even had Tom Hanks actually be uh, part of a movie that was showing how horrible and how, um, how painful uh, Dungeons Dragons was to our society. Whoa, Tom Hanks! I did not know that, my friend. I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they had a they had a movie about a kid who Tom Hanks' character could not tell the difference between you know the D and D world that they created around the table and reality. And he thought himself. Uh, I think he was playing like a wizard or something like where he felt like he could fly or something with magic. And the one scene was where he was at the top of a the roof of a building and the guy who was playing their DM, their dungeon master um, had to actually tell him, it's like, you're just even a scenario. It's like, you're this character, you're, your character's this, but all of a sudden you realize your magic's not real. That the world that you're living in is not real, that you're living in a reality that is different or going on in this and just trying to snap him out of it. And then all of a sudden now Tom Hanks had to go get psychiatric help because his mind was broken because he couldn't handle the situation. Oh, wow. I did yeah, not know. It was, yeah, it was it was so bad. It was Mazes so bad. And Monsters, what was the name of that movie? Mazes and Monsters. 
Mazes and Monsters. Mazes that was it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Wow, that thing has a 19% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, it was horrible. Again, because it's not... Alive. <laughs> yeah, because it wasn't true. Because people saw it like, oh my God, this is far beyond what people would really think. You know, why? if anybody actually sat down, played this game with their friends, they would know the difference. Completely know the difference. But, you know, that, you know, once again, touch on what you said earlier, you know, it's people do tend to twist things. People do they tend do. to twist things and, uh, to actually fit when they, whatever narrative they want to push, they mm-hmm. can take anything and they can twist it. Oh, and, yeah, it was like um, in the early 90s, or not early 90s, but like the late 90s when Pokemon first came out. And it was like, <laughs> you know, when it blew up. It'll and it was just, there was there yep. was literal there was literal groups that were like trying to like say that you know Pokemon were the devil you know it was like a huge like you know Christian groups and they were going saying you know oh this is like uh the way this is Satan's way to our children and everything like that and oh yes Pikachu is really so horrible he's gonna and, yeah that that cuteness is gonna just take you to the devil it's just literally like just it's just it's just something like they're grasping on something like the fact yeah. that. They they just don't they don't think kids are like smart enough like and that's the problem that like uh, mm-hmm. media in general has now is that they don't put enough faith in like their ch- their child audience thinking that they can't mm-hmm. choose the difference between. I mean, it's just with me and Matt talked about this many a times where we talking about like cartoons when we were growing up were like a lot more adult, <laughs> you know. Oh and, yeah, so much violence stuff like that but it stands the test of time because it wasn't like watered down for kitty crap it was like you know real stories like batman the animated series had stories about drug addiction and murder and mm-hmm. stuff like that and it was like they knew how to push the boundaries and they knew what to do it's just I don't know. Yeah. it's just you give them groups that think that kids can't can't handle it and it's it's just kind of messed up do you, let me ask you a question. Do you think Betty Boop would actually last anytime soon? Not 30 like, seconds. No. They brought that back, but it would last 30 seconds. Not 30 no. seconds, my friend, before it's <laughs> out of here. <laughs> you know, the crazy thing, uh, the, the crazy thing about it is, you know, Betty Boop uh, shouldn't have been acceptable when it came out, but. No, not even close. Was. But you can't remember who was in charge. Yeah. You, you remember know. who was in charge. It was men. Yeah. You know, that's, that's great. Men were, it was that whole thing. Like it, the man was in charge and whatever happened, whatever they said went. Women were looked down upon as just, you know, people, like, women were there just to clean, cook, clean, and have sex with and pop you know, out kids. That's yeah, literally they, all they were. You go back to even those old droopy cartoons that had the wolf. Oh, yeah. Every time the oh, yeah. lady come in there and beat the table, like, you know, he just know like it's safe. She? You know, like his heart will come out of his chest and everything. But, you know, mm-hmm. that's it's very, you know, when you're a kid, when you're freaking seven, I guess, uh, yeah. you know, back in the early 90s, Tom you just think it's funny. Come on now, yeah. You know, but nowadays, yeah. you know, you think to yourself, wow, yeah, that's pretty, it's pretty out there. But, hey, you know, you have... You form a different opinion when you have more information. So all that stuff doesn't make sense. Uh, now, one thing we talked about. Oh, what's up? <laughs> I wanted to bring up some, something real quick. Here's the, here's the difference between then and now. Then Bugs Bunny dressed up as a woman was pushing it, but it was it was accepted. Yeah. Now. They want to act. That's they didn't have to make Bugs Bunny into a woman. They actually created a female version because there was never a version. 
there was never a female version of Bugs Bunny. Right. It wasn't until um, Space, Space, Jam? Space Jams in uh, the 90s when it when they created her. Was that the first Lola time Gatt. that Lola was created? Yeah. Was it 90s? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Lola and then Lola. Lola Bunny, yeah. Created a lot of furries. <laughs> his, his favorite people, his homies, his, no, his don't put me, don't put me, don't put hey, me in I'm not judging. I'm not judging. I'm judging. No judgment here. I don't no judge furries. Here. I judge it. Though. You can't. There's certain. There. There are certain Pokemon you cannot Google. Huh. <laughs> oh my god! I wonder why you Google it. No, I'm not Googling it. It's just from watching YouTube. Uh, sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's it's very, watching YouTube channels. The very oh, roundabout way to get to what this you want to get to. This is why I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, guys, Geek Syndrome has been fun. We had a blast. Oh, now, me and Ed have, uh, we have something. We lasted, we lasted two seasons. We lasted two seasons. <laughs> Better than most Netflix shows. Uh, that'd be awesome. Hey, I'm, glad, I'm glad I'm the last one. Man. I'm Netflix. glad I'm the last. Two. Uh, but you know, we talked about. Uh, we did talk about the movies, uh, and we talked. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about how the movies just don't work. But D and D has a set of established lore outside oh, yeah. of. Uh, you know, outside of like the. You know, like say if all three of us played the game outside of that. You know, uh, even mm-hmm. going back to some of the games. Uh, mm-hmm. When they had Icewind Dale, uh, that comes to mind. Uh, when they had Cold the Baldur's Gate, that comes to mind. Like those all had mm-hmm. their own established stories without us really having a heavy impact on the world at large. So, do you yep. think they'll be able to actually take that established lore and turn it into something if they ever decided to do it? If they have the right people writing it, then yes. Because <laughs> when you when you have people who have actually, here's the thing: if you have people who haven't played it or don't even know what it is, then you're not going to get a good game. You're not going to get a good movie. So when you have the right people writing it, who actually played it, who actually, you know, people who direct it have actually played it. Actors who've actually played it. If you have the right people doing it, then yeah, I could see it possibly working. But when you when you have some yeah when you have somebody who doesn't know anything about it just writing just what they think a fantasy uh, a fantasy movie or TV series would be like then no it's never going to work. I think I think the biggest problem that you're going to have is you're going to have people trying to take that known property and try to create like a Lord of the Rings clone. Like they want yeah. that Lord of the Rings money. They want that fan base. They want that. I actually had uh, one of my friends I used to work with. We had a discussion on Facebook where we talked about um, how they could do, instead of doing like a serious version of it, they could do kind of like a, a spoof movie-ish, kind of like where they'll have like the characters being played by like four people and one of them gets killed off. And then, then that person that got killed off will return or come back later in the movie as a different character. You know, like little kind of funny moments, like, you know, like a four group people or something like that and have like the DM guy be like all the other non-playable characters or something like that. Just something funny. Well, that's the thing is that people have actually done that. They've actually pushed that. And you can watch plenty of little um, little uh, scenes here and there off of like uh, on YouTube or on Facebook. I watch them all the time. I think they're great. They're hilarious because they take what you actually would do in, in, in a real game and put it on there. Because here's the thing. Here's the other thing that reason why it, it's really hard for a Dungeons and Dragons game 
or movie to actually be uh, a game to become a movie. And by the way, before I put that, uh, Dungeons and Dragons was actually based off of Lord of the Rings. A lot of that, the the races and the classes actually came from that. So when Gary, Gary Gygax actually created it, he just took it and put it into a stats form. But the the reason why a lot of these uh, movies will fail is because there's a lot of things that people do around the table that you will never, ever see in a movie, ever, because it is too out there for it to even happen. It, there, there's no logic. There's absolutely no logic. If you've ever had a game with your friends, logic is literally out the window. It is literally, oh, let's see what will be funny about this if I do this. Or let's see if I can, you know, as a bard who is, you know, a halfling, seduce a, you know, an ogre female to do my will. Critical role. You know, it's a critical role, yeah. It's not going to happen. You're never going to see that. Unless, you know, unless you get the right people to do it. And just know that if you try to take this serious, it's not going to work. That's yeah, not. That's that's the thing, man, because you know, if okay, so we talk I talked about the lore, right? So the lore that establishes yeah. series, it makes sense and it you know tells the yeah. story of like, you know, thousands of years, right? But then yeah. when say we were playing, you know, we would just do goofy stuff because, you know, me and they had the cornballs. It's so hard to walk that thin line, man. Like, cause mm-hmm. if you if you kind of teeter any way, it ruins like the whole mix. It's like making like yeah. a, you know like a cake or something like that. You know you don't get yeah. the batter right. You ruin the entire thing. And because uh, if you go too right, you risk it turning into like a medieval Deadpool. And it would, maybe mm-hmm. it would be funny actually, but I don't think the masses would want to see that. Or that's called go, Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what right. That is. <laughs> and if you go too left, you know now you got another Game of Thrones, something that's mm-hmm. already established. So it's it's very mm-hmm. difficult. It's very difficult to make. Yes. It. I was thinking they could possibly do like a uh, like an interactive like Netflix movie, but then again, that could be that'd be hard to well, do. Well, it Netflix is talking it. about going into gaming now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's scary. They need to stay in their in their <laughs> lane. They need to stay in their lane. I'm sorry. No, no. I can't wait. Stay to play, away from that. I can't wait to play Castlevania <laughs> and Resident Evil and Transformers, which are Netflix, <laughs> which are Netflix originals. <laughs> can't wait. I saw the other day. I can't wait to play Castlevania. Wait a minute. <laughs> no, no. Hold on. Wait, no. wait. Did not play Castlevania already? Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I can't wait to play. I can't. I can't wait. Put, I can't. I'll wait to play the War for Cybertron game. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Man. Oh. You Hold, me on. Hold on. <laughs> you know, the crazy thing, you know, we, we talked about uh, D&D starting back in uh, like 70s and the 80s. And 74. 74. And when it first got going, you know, it wasn't it was seen as like a niche thing. It was popular yeah. in its own circles, but you know, the masses looked upon it as like something that only a certain type of group of people will play. Like me and mm-hmm. my cool friends will never mess around with this, right? You know, like it's the guy, it's the guy who's never going to yeah. get out of his mom's basement. You know, what I mean, he's the ones playing like D and D. But as time is going along, just with a lot of other things, you kind of see more people embracing it. Like you see, like mm-hmm. a lot of celebrities actually doing it right now too. 
Uh, I mm-hmm. actually follow Ember Moon on Twitter. She's a wrestler oh, uh, NXT. You know, and she does a lot of that stuff too. I thought it was really cool. It's nice to see. Andrea Reeves. Yep. Yeah, yeah it's nice a- to see that. I've actually met her. Wow. It was weird. It was very weird because I was, I went to Gen Con for the very first time and I was going to just scouting out the next location of the event I was going to go to. And I literally was turning back around and I saw her actually talking to somebody. And I went up to these other two people that were looking at her too. I was like, is that who I think it is? Like that's Amber Moon. It's like, and then the lady just looked at me and was like, do you want a picture with her? I'm like, yeah, sure. And so sure enough, when she got done, she actually took a picture of me real quick. And then she walked off. I'm like, that was the coolest thing to a celebrity I have ever gotten close to. And yeah. she was really cool. She was really nice about it, too. She was like, oh, God, this guy is old and he is <laughs> a geek. And oh, my gosh. No, she was really nice, honestly. Well, For the 30 seconds, I actually met her. <laughs> You know, you do get that kind of like that vibe. So, you know, I've met a couple of uh, celebrities. I, I know, went to the uh, chops do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the grade, the chops does it. I know. That's okay. Well, she was so mesmerized by it. She couldn't stand there for too long. She's like, I have to leave the vortex. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, no, I can't do this. Uh, old, crazy old man. It's <laughs> probably <laughs> <You laughs> <know>, stalker. <laughs> speaking of that, I went to a horror con, man, and uh, I met the dude. Oh, God, I will never do that. The dude. Uh, I will never do that. I was in Indianapolis, right? And I wouldn't have went. Yep. And the only reason I went because uh, uh, one of my friends, Cody, uh, check him out, popular YouTube uh, channel. One of my friends, Cody, he was with me. He's like, hey, let's go because he wanted to get uh, his pop signed by, uh, oh gosh, what's Freddy Krueger's uh, real name? Um, oh, um, uh, I know this. I know this. Uh, dang I, it. I don't know this. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'll look it up while you're talking. It'll, it'll I'll look it up. And we went there, yeah. and there was like so many people there trying to get his autograph. And I was like, man, uh, Robert Kirkman. No, 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 not Robert Kirkman. That's the dude from Robert England. Robert England. Yeah, hey, yeah, good job, man. All right. I'm going to start with the R. And the dude, the, okay, the, in the Army of the Dead remakes, the dude that was pumping the gas, like the zombie that uh, kind of first got his, like, hey, you know, I can think thing back. You know, I met him, and he was wearing, like, a little jumpsuit. I was like, hey, sign this for me, bro. He signed it, and I have no idea what I did with that picture. Um, it was uh, <laughs> terrible. I have no idea what I did with that. I'm Horrible sorry, bro. Fan. Uh, look, I, I'm not the best human being, all right? I will admit that. <laughs> I, I'm not God's best, but I do what I do. <laughs> I do the best I can. We know we all this. Do. We all do. Wow, thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> moral support there. Moral, moral support there is great. Okay, so how about this? If if we could get five of your favorite actors in the room to play oh D and D, who would they be? Oh Lord, that are actually that would that actually say they actually play or have never played it. it uh, does just five of your favorite actors? Doesn't matter. Uh, I would have to say, first off, I'd have to any anybody from Critical Role. I, I'd love every single one of them. Um, they're talent talented beyond belief. Um, but I would have to say, I definitely want to go to Joe Manganiello's uh, dungeon and play. That would be awesome. Um, sitting down with him. Oh my gosh, Matthew Mercer, uh, Talison Jaffe. Um, oh, I would, oh man, Iron Man, uh, 
Robert Downey, Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Um, and oh yeah, he'd be great. Oh, I'd love to play with him. Um, and oh, oh my gosh, I know somebody. Who? If you don't have the last one, who? Uh, Watiki, the guy that did uh, Thor Ragnarok. Um, his last name is Watiki, I think it is. Uh, is that is that his name? Watiki. Yeah, yeah, I would love to have him because like he just he, he just seems like a, a very expressive person. I just think oh, yeah, he'd be great. Uh, Scarlett Johansson. Okay, yeah, we got that. Yeah, let's go there. Uh, uh, yeah, I- <laughs> yeah let's go. <laughs> or, 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 or I did watch Black Widow. Um, her her future replacement because I actually really fell for her. Oof. Mm-hmm. It don't take much, does it, bro? No, I don't. <laughs> Just a Russian accent and sarcasm. God almighty. Oh <laughs> it does say does say much for it. Oh, you breathing? She, she's gonna, she's you. gonna be the new Black Widow. I am hundred percent on board. Oh, you you breathing? <laughs> I love you so much. Oh uh, no, I, I think one one female I would I would die to actually just play play a game with is Laura Bailey. Oh yeah. Laura Bailey is like she is a goddess when it comes to playing D and D. She even in the voiceover world, she is one of the most popular females that I know of because oh, yes. of, like, of what she can do. Because she's like one of the few females that actually sounds different. Because like all the yeah. other female, like no offense, I'm not like trying to like you know, I'm not trying to say that they all sound like that. But the majority of the ones that get work. Mm-hmm. Like on uh, Funimation, you know, like basically like a lot of Funimation's crew, they mm-hmm. you could you could tell which one's which when you watch another dub. Like you're like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that's so and so that plays so and so. Yeah, but she she's great. Like she's very good about like changing up her character. The fact that she can play Trunks mm-hmm. is a huge thing. Yeah, that's yeah, which is very true. That is insane. How many people? How many women do you know who can do that? There's very few. Uh, Small I mister. know. I, I yeah I know there's a list but it's very few on that list. I know that, and this is just of what I know of or in my in my lifetime because I'm still learning everybody's names and what they've done. Um, many of the characters from um, from you remember the uh, cartoon Ed Ed and Eddie yeah oh, yeah M- many of those <laughs> many of the ki- many of the guys were played by women. Uh, by one yeah by one woman yeah. Um, the, the sister of Ed with one D, um, was also played the, uh, oh my gosh, I can't remember his name for the life of me. He was, he was the, like the, the cool kid. Uh, that uh was, Kevin? yeah, Kevin, she played Kevin. What? Yeah. No, look it up. Wow. There's a video. There's a video. If you look up Ed, 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 Ed and Eddie. Um, behind the mic, I think it is. You will see all the characters that they played. Oh, that's pretty nice, man. Yeah. Well, so uh, you never know. You never know who you're going to be. It is so hard to, for me to figure out who people are behind the mic because sometimes I don't know even know if they're a man or a woman. Well, you know how can I put it? You know that's just. Like you said earlier, man, that just shows you how great you are. You know, if you can just mm-hmm. pull that off, man, if you can just pull oh, yeah. that off, that just that just makes just that just great. Now, mm-hmm. uh, here's what I'll do. I have five uh, people. Uh, this is not predetermined at all. I just thought of this uh, two <laughs> seconds ago. Uh, okay. I have uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger as my uh, barbarian. <laughs> 
as my barbarian. <laughs> get to the tavern. Chrome. <laughs> okay, yeah, get that. You know, little steel. Uh, I'd like to. <laughs> I'd like to rage. Yes, that's, that's, I'd like to rage. That's that's why that's why I picked him. That's why I picked him. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Dwayne, Dwayne the Rock Johnson as my fighter, uh, who's actually played it. Yeah, hey, see, he great. actually he's actually played it. He doesn't like it too much, but he he's actually played it at least, and he'll admit it to it. I feel like they. I feel like he does everything nowadays. It doesn't matter. Yeah, Yeah. I think. Yeah, I think he just kind of likes just to dabble in everything, just to say that you know they kind of have like a an an eye for it. Because you just never know. He he's always like scouting for like a new project or a new goal. So he's actually a very wise like about that. Like, dude is yeah, like he's very good. He's very he's, he's came very a long good. way since like oh, yeah. WWE career. He's got yeah. like he is like a even marketing machine. Even before that, <clears throat> when he was a football player at uh, Miami. Yeah, yeah, because like he's like he's got his own brand. He's got his own brands now. He's mm-hmm. got so many like his own energy drink, which is actually mm-hmm. not that bad. I actually kind of like it. Uh. And his partnerships with like uh, Under Armour and everything like that, dude is mm-hmm. like just killing it. Like he was a mm-hmm. whoever. If he's not doing it, whoever his marketing guru is is like yeah, he needs to pay him well. That dude's print <laughs> money, man. That dude is literally print money. Like he's probably got a print him press. And Cena. Yeah, oh yeah, print money, man. Now Cena, it's taking Cena a little bit longer than I thought mm-hmm. he would because I think when Cena, Cena just decided like, hey, I'm gonna just kind of chill for a little bit. Then we kind of get more into it. But Cena could have been bigger years ago if he would have focused more on that. You know who I think would have done really well if people had given him a chance is Batista, is Dave mm-hmm. Batista. Yeah. The guy can act. The guy is great at acting. He can do he it. Is. And he's funny, too. He's funny as can be. You let him just cut a rug, I'm telling you, he would be great in another comedy. So the thing with Batista, and uh, me and Ed talked about this a little bit before too, is Batista, if Batista would accept, and I, I don't want, I don't want that to sound harsh, uh, mm-hmm. but if Batista would accept what's what happened with The Rock and what happened mm-hmm. with uh, John Cena, he would be about five to ten times more successful than what he is right now. And to his credit, he doesn't really want to accept like that style. Like, you know, hey, I'm a big guy, fight, I crack a couple jokes, yada, yada, yada. You know, of course, he did that in the Guardians of the Galaxy, but he wants to do things with a more serious tone. Like, a more, he, right. he wants to prove that like, he's a good actor. And he's, if you look at Batiste from where he started to where he is now, he's like mm-hmm. a totally different actor. Like he, yeah, he can show absolutely. a lot more range, and uh, you know, me and Dad talked about this before too. You want things to feel natural, and he feels yeah. a lot more natural now than what he ever was in the past. But because he's not as nervous, yeah, he, he doesn't feel like he has that pressure on him anymore. Plus, he doesn't feel he doesn't have that. Um, um, he he had a he had a thing against uh, Cena and Rock a long or uh, Dwayne Johnson a long time ago, and that was holding him back. And he finally accepted it. It's like you know what? I'm done being mad at them. I'm done holding this grudge with them, and I'm just going to do what I do. I'm just going to be me. Yeah, do you think that's and to do be honest with you? That's the only thing for everybody who's listening to the motivational moment here. Only thing you have to do is what you're good at and what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And success will find you. You know, now you do have to be persistent. Like you do have to keep yeah, trying. You got to hustle. Exactly. You had to be persistent, but you do what you do, and you do it the best you possibly can. Success will come your way. So, and that's the mm-hmm. thing about Batista. So people rag on him because he doesn't want to do like a. What's up? 
I said amen. Oh, amen. Okay. Yeah, appreciate yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You know what? In the, in I the, hate the, you still. No, you said amen. In the, in, uh, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother, amen. Brother, and yay, Bo. Brother, brother, oh, Matt. It's like, it's like, it's like, just imagine if you, no, 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 just imagine if you were in a church right now and you, if somebody said amen and then the pastor goes, okay. And his keys go away. <laughs> I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I would actually be shocked that he said it, or the fact that I, I'm just laughing at it. I don't know what I would do. I don't know what I would do. I'm preaching. All right, I let have, me preach. I, I, have, I, have a, actually, I have a funny story about like a pastor of mine one time. Um, it, it was like one Sunday. He was like really, really bad sick, right? And this one is kind of like shocking. Like I can't believe he said that kind of things. Mm-hmm. And, and I do. Like, he's like really bad sweat sick. Like sweat and everything. You tell you had like a fever or something. Anyway, uh, this lady just started coming to church. She was an older lady, and uh, she just joined the church. And he was going on about how you know, yeah, you know, her husband for years and all of that would never allow her to go to church and everything like that. Wouldn't let him do anything. Like she couldn't do it. She always wanted to go to church, but he would never allow it. And he goes, "Well, praise God, he's dead now." <laughs> She could join the church right now. Everybody oh in the church. She said was sitting right beside me because man, it's so And we both looking at each other. We was like, oh. And we looked around, and everybody's like, oh. My dad. I looked over at my dad. My dad was like, oh. <laughs> man. <laughs> oh my gosh! But, but he didn't mean it like that. It's just like you know that fever just got to him, and he wasn't like I guess his brain. Yeah, was the fever. It was but, the fever. Yeah. Some people would say the spirit touched him. <laughs> I was about to say the spirit was touching him. <laughs> Which spirit was the spirit we that talking man. about here? Uh, the spirit yeah, was like, upon oh him. Gosh. <laughs> it, it's just so bad. And the shock, on, like the shock on her face and everything, was just like she's like, oh god. Oh, wow. and, and he's over there, like you know, got her, his arm around her, and he's smiling and everything. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I don't know. I would. I would be laughing. I would be the only one. I'd be like, I'd be like, and just start laughing. I could not. I would not be able to help myself. Oh, people would be looking back like you are so messed up. Yeah, I know. I'm glad I wasn't there. I might want to say amen. But but at least I. But at least I didn't praise God that her husband died. I can just see I can just see him as, as a kid saying it right after she said amen to that. It's like, praise God. <laughs> praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Like, I'm glad Dan's dead. Like, he looks at him like, okay. He's I hate Dan so much. I'm glad I'm glad the Lord took him. I hated Dan. You you know somebody was about to stand up like, you know what? You're right. Yeah, I hate that guy. That guy. I'm glad he's gone too. Amen. Amen. Amen, sister. Hey, that guy, man. Dan was a piece of work. All right. Dan was a piece of work. Piece of, I have three. Piece I, of something now. I have three more characters left. Three more characters. <laughs> Remember, this, this is all spontaneous. I didn't come up with this uh, five yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah. I don't know line. Just say it. Just say it. Uh, Sony Chiba. Uh, Nobody believes you. Sony Chiba, you may know him from uh, Kill Bill, uh, is the dude who made the sword. Uh, Street Fighter 1, Street Fighter 2. And also Sister Street Fighter, which are great movies. Uh, also Karate Bullfighter, where he literally punches a bull and rips his heart out. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> he, <laughs> Usually people take a knife. No, he just punches through. Followed up by Karate Bear Fighter. Um, <laughs> oh, Lord. I feel like that, that would have Chuck Norris in it. 
No, Sony Chiba. Before yeah. there was Chuck Norris, there was Sony Chiba, and he was the they man oh in Japan. No, no, that that would be um, oh man, uh, fat. Tell you fat, yeah, uh, yeah. That sounds like him and uh, Jackie Chan would do something like that. It'd be a lot <laughs> more guns. It'd be a lot more guns. I mean, like, oh, a lot more, yeah. more guns. And uh, now, okay, so he is a ranger. Uh, then mm-hmm. I got Ryan Gosling. You may know him from his the best movie ever mm-hmm. created, Drive. Uh, he's a wizard. And then, or his second best ever movie made, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Second best, uh, arguably could be his best movie. You know, depending on who you ask. It. Uh, and sure, then, kind just, of love that movie. just because Ed's a decent person, Kate Dennings as a bard. Oh, thank God. Who? Kate Dennings. Oh, thank God. Yes. <laughs> you, you already said that. We heard you. <laughs> that was Ed's, uh, you know, 40 Amen. episodes ago. That was Ed's, uh, that was Ed's love interest. But as a series, as a series, <laughs> it's, it, has, it has switched to uh, several others. Well, it's now currently the new Black Widow, so... <laughs> You know who I would love to actually play with? I'm going to add a sixth person on there. Is Hugh Jackman. Oh, yeah. That'd be great. Oh, he looks like the type. Yeah. I can see that. I would would love to see him play either a sorcerer or have him play. Because we've already seen him play a barbarian. Come on now. Yeah. Um, I would love to see him as a sorcerer or as... um, Possibly a paladin. Okay. I'm all for Hugh Jackman being uh, a character, but he can mm-hmm. only he can only talk in his voice or sing in his voice from Les Miserables. Les Miserables. Not okay. miserable. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm terrible with names. I am, I'm yeah, so terrible. We know. We know. No, I'm worse, so I'm not even saying nothing. I want him to sing all his parts from that epic I, tale. I, I'm sorry. I have to be. I'm like that. I apologize, but I'm like that when anybody says that about Les Miserables. I am. Oh, my gosh. It, it, it kills me. As a, as, as a musical theater uh, guy, that kills me every time somebody's like, oh, it's Les Miserables. No, learn your French. I'm sorry. Uh, no, we are uncultured swine no. from the it south. Uncultured swine from the, from the south. Me and, me and there's an episode me and Matt had where I literally had him pronouncing one character's name for me the whole episode because I couldn't do it. Remember, I called I that just, dude Digimon. I was just, just literally, I would literally be like, and I look over at Matt and he'd be like, say the character's name, and I'd be like. Would kill <laughs> tag team, man. Hey, remember I called that dude Digimon? Like, yeah, I still can't oh pronounce his gosh. name. I still can't pronounce his name. And I, I was like, yeah, like, yeah, he's the entire Digimon cast. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> we are unprofessional in it shows. Digimon, <laughs> digital monsters, Digimon. The only professional thing we have is our intro and outro. What's your fix in that? That's got to be changed again. Ah, uh, yeah, I gotta fix that. We gotta fix. Uh, that I can do that for you. I can do that for you. Too easy. But people Ooh. like us. I don't know why. Because we're great. I guess. <laughs> oh god! And now, <laughs> here's your geek and send your geek syndrome hosts, Matthew Haggins and Edward Young. I like this. I like, I like it. I like it. <laughs> we may have to do something. Oh yeah, we're up to twenty uh, twelve hundred 
plays now. Who are talking? Oh about? wow, man! I feel like a big fish in a small pond. South Carolina <laughs> is just too small for me. I gotta expand. <laughs> I gotta get out of this place. I gotta get out of this place. I'm going to North Carolina, taking the show on the road, going to Tennessee, going to Florida, going to Miami with Rick Ross. <laughs> Going to New yeah. York City with JC. We're going to take this to the world, ladies and gentlemen. Back to the world. To the world. We're going to take it over to England. We're going to New York. We're going to London. Next thing you know, we're going to be on the streets. Oh, God. <laughs> Not the streets. Matt, we must have, we must have pissed the Swedish people off because we lost them. That's okay. As long as we gave people in Japan, I'm all right. Uh, I don't Japan, know if I want to go Japan right now. Japan isn't even on the like the thing, bro. Japan. We got some, oh, yes. we got what's happening in Tokyo? Come on now. People in Japan, I love you so much. Please. I know. Follow. I love you to death, dude. I love Japan. I Please love everything about Japan. They're just crazy, and I love it. Japan, they are the Japan doesn't even know we exist, man. Hey, you never know. You never know. There may be that one person that's listening to you right now and say, just like my high school crush. Just just like my high school crush doesn't know. (laughs) Same. Oh, God. Ditto. That was a joke. Ditto. 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 All right. uh, So, McAbee, what type of voice actor (laughs) were I mean, for any other person, I would have felt bad, but knowing how you swap these swap them out it's, it makes well, a lot I of mean, sense if anything we can like determine that your list was like already pre-made because kate dennings was like you know three weeks ago it's <laughs> <laughs> very it's very true it's very true it's very uh no nah, I, I, I kid but like you know she's still top tier i mean if you say so <laughs> now uh back to me what type of voice acting work have you done sir oh man um i've done voices for a uh short animated film called camouflage out of amsterdam uh, i went to the film the image film festival back in april and did real well so now it's traveling all over europe um I have done a narration for a TV series that's going to be airing uh, next month on uh, TBD and TV.com called Planet Wild TV. Um, if, if you think of it this way, take, take Discovery Channel, National Geographic, and the Animal Planet and roll it all up into one with America's Funniest Home Videos, and that's pretty much what the show is. Well, sorry, and, that sounds fun, actually. Yeah, yeah, it's hilarious. They're, they're, the videos are actually pretty funny. That um, really cool. Yeah, and then I, I work with, uh, as a consultant for small businesses, um, anywhere from solo to small to and medium businesses, to help them try to brainstorm ideas for their uh, digital marketing. So I work under media company with a, uh, in affiliation with many uh, marketing and uh, media companies around the U.S., actually around the around the world, actually, um, and uh, we try to figure out what the best way to uh, to advertise people's uh, people's businesses out there to get the people the right people to them. Okay. Good. Yeah, it sounds like you got like a lot. Yeah, it sounds like you got a lot of stuff going on. Well. Everybody's still trying to recover, so I, I get stuff every once in a while. I still audition like crazy for things, um, but uh, 
you know, my idea is that the reason why I do what I do and I'm not just doing auditions because, you know, the first year I did this, I did like, I think within the first year I did probably anywhere from a thousand to probably 1500 auditions and maybe got five. But for me, being able to network out with small businesses and stuff like that um, has allowed me to actually uh, increase uh, my visibility on the internet and actually be able to help people. So especially after last year, we all know that small businesses have been hurting like crazy. Many of them, I think the, I think the last stat, uh, numbers were like 85% of the small businesses uh, were destroyed and had to close down for good yeah, because bad. of COVID. Bad, man. So yeah. the capability of taking stuff like, you know, the, your mom, Paul restaurant that you grew up with um, and trying to keep it alive for another, you know, hundred plus years, <laughs> is like the best thing I can do is just to help them out. So yeah. that's why I do what I do. That's, that's, that's nice. I like that. Um, what would be like your like dream job, like your, your dream gig? Like if, if there was like one thing that you could do, like one like show movie or something like that, that you could do like a voice on or like be a voice actor on, what would, what would it be? Um, you know, I think working just like many other voice actors that do animation and uh, video games might, I have two. One of them is to do a Pixar movie. It doesn't matter what it is. It's just being able to say, Hey, my name was attached to a Pixar movie. Um, But my, my biggest thing is my, my all time favorite goal that I will always put above everything else is to be at least some type of voice for a video game that my kids will actually sit down and play and enjoy. Oh, so cool. if, if I, if I can literally say, you know, they're sitting down and enjoying a game and I can say, Hey, yeah, by the way, I did that voice or I did this voice or I did multiple of these voices. And they look back at me and say, no, and I do them and they actually play it and enjoy it. I'm happy. I, I could literally die right there. Here, here's, here, here's the reason why I said it was because I have a teenager. I, I have a five-year-old and I have a 14-year-old. But my teenager just recently, um, when I say recently, I'll say probably within the past couple months, he's really big into Batman. And so I got good him. Good choice. Yeah, I know. Good choice. Good choice. Um, I got him uh, the, the Golden Age Volume 1 of the Batman series. And so it's, it's all the all the uh, reprints of the original ones from 1939 up to 41. And I got him that. And he looked at me and goes, you are the greatest dad I have that is on this planet. I'm like, you know what? I will take that. I will take that brand part and I will hold on to it as long as I can until I piss him off again. And he says, you are the worst dad on this planet. Uh, <laughs> so, did, did you, you kind of like bring it back. You're like, well, you remember that time when I was the best dad? You know, it, it, any dad is always going to tell you, you're going to have both times, you know, oh, yeah. but we, I, can, I can believe that. Yeah. So having that capability of saying, yes, I did a voiceover for a video game and my kids loved playing it, I'll be happy as can be. You, you could literally, I could have a heart attack right that night and I'd die happy. Oh, 
Well, I hope, I hope if it happens, that doesn't actually happen like that. <laughs> yeah, me neither, but yeah, because I'd like to actually do more, but no. Yeah, but yeah, that's, that's good stuff. Like, um, if, if they okay, now let's say if it was like, uh, if, if you could go back in time and be in any movie, like any past thing that's already happened, what would it be? Oh my gosh, any movie past. <sighs> I have a couple of them. Uh, one of them would be one of the worst movies of all time, but I still love it. Is Hudson Hawk with Bruce Willis? Um, I think I've actually seen that. It, it is one of the, it, it's the the narr- narrative makes no sense whatsoever at points, but there are so many great one liners in it that it doesn't it doesn't matter. Um, besides that, I would say. Hmm. I would say probably Casablanca. Oh, you going way back. I love I love old movies. I love anything. My heirs are my geekiness besides Dungeons and Dragons is anything that was created movie wise or you know invented or anything in the era of the twenties to the mid fifties. Oh, okay, so you kind of like an old school like film buff, like old school. I love watching them. I love watching old detective movies. I I love li- uh, listening to uh, old time radio. So like you know, being being in a project with Vincent Price would be great. You know, any of things that he did with the Saints or you know, not not more less of the horror film stuff, but more of like the audio stuff. Yeah. Yeah, good, good. I like that. Um, let's see. Uh, what else we got on here? Um, now I will say, if I could go back and be in any movie, I would oh like to go back and be in the oh, Omega God. Man. The Omega oh, Man. God. Ooh, the I Omega would, Man. Yeah. I would like to. I don't know if somebody would let me do the voice lines of Ezekiel. Like I would just that would just be it for me. Uh, <laughs> as far as like, because you know, it's very. It's very overdramatic. It's, I mean, mm-hmm. why would I say very? It's like crazy overdramatic. It's so overdramatic yeah. that it's like absolutely ridiculous. But I like love stuff like that. Like that, that mm-hmm. would be great. I, I would love if I did any voice acting. I would like to do something like that. Just, just completely over the top. Being or, any Mel Brooks movie. Oh, yes. <laughs> any, Mel Brooks any Mel Brooks movie would be great. I would. I would love. I would love to be like in Spaceballs. Oh my gosh! No, no. I, I, Spaceballs is definitely a good one. Yeah. Don't or Robin Hood Men Tights. Robin Hood Men Tights. That's a good one. I think either History of the World. Oh, part that's one, classic. That's a classic. Either that or Blazing Saddles. That yeah, is that is a movie. That is a movie you will never ever see played today. It, it can't no, happen. Man. Nobody. It just it can't happen. If you ever got a chance, if you ever got into like being in like a, um, a Mel Brooks movie, chances of you working with Gene Wilder, dude, like, oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> Frankenstein. Yes. You know, Frankenstein. Like, oh, God, oh That's, my God. I, 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 I quote that movie all the time. Like, I still love it. Every time they she the. The one lady said her name in German. The horses would just rear up, and the thunder would go. Dude, uh, what I always say is like, uh, if, uh, if something bad happens, I'm like, could be worse. 
Everybody everybody looks at me and they're like, what? And I'm like, never mind. (laughs) Never mind. Never mind. You have to watch it. (laughs) (laughs) I was was that one. uh, They were riding towards the castle. And he was like, it's like, werewolf. And he goes, werewolf. Like, werewolf. Werewolf. And he kept pointing in a different direction. Werewolf. (laughs) I think think my favorite line from... um, from men in tights is it's like when when um oh my gosh i wish i could remember the the comedian's name that played the king um but he he, he asks he asks him like why would anybody follow you <laughs> the guy just looks at him and goes because i actually speak with an english accent and he just says like <laughs> oh yeah that was a the Patrick guy's Stewart. good the yeah. guy's really good <laughs> One of my one of my favorite things about that movie too is literally how they'll, they'll pull the script out and start reading oh my God. it <laughs> Yes. No. Was it Richard no. Lewis. The, uh, Richard yeah. Lewis was in that movie too, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah, I like Richard Lewis. Yeah. And you know what? I think one of the greatest movies of all time, <laughs> and so many people, I know I'm going to hear it from literally everybody on this, um, but The Princess Bride is one of my all time favorites, um, mainly because of Billy Crystal. Yeah. The guy ad libbed every part of his he didn't have a script if he did i don't even think he actually looked at it <laughs> because if you look if you watch the behind the scenes especially when the guy's on the tape on the slab and he just starts he, he will he makes up he's like robin williams they literally make up literally everything on the spot and 90 percent of the time if you watch like the behind the scenes no one could keep a straight face they had to turn their faces so many times because that man would just crack up. Even the crew could barely keep their mouth stop from laughing. So anytime that if I could play, if I could work with Billy Crystal or Robin Williams, man, I, I, oh, yeah. those, I they, those, they are geniuses. They were improv geniuses. And here's the other funny thing. Robin Williams actually played D&D. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. He was on that list, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Matt, Matt, it's in in the notes if you read it. (laughs) Notes. That's like like reading instructions. Why would I do that? If if you look under the part where I say celebrities going on record saying they play or have played, and then look, look, if you look after Mike Myers, you you can see it says, and even the late Robin Williams. Steven Spielberg did. I believe that. Well, here's the thing. The greatest thing about Dungeons and Dragons is not only does it, it's literally just improv. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. It is absolute improv, even for the DM. And believe me, as a DM myself, as a dungeon master myself, believe me, you are on your feet, on your toes every single time. I've had players who I I was trying to push them into one little area to continue a certain part. Mm -hmm. They would go, 3,000 miles to the, to the other opposite way. And I would have to create things on the fly. Yeah, because, you know, human beings don't... Human nah, beings don't nah. think the way... They don't think the way you think they will, so to speak. Like, uh, yeah, absolutely. Know, they just they just absolutely don't. Like, you know, like something to me may seem like the only logical path, the only thing that makes any mm-hmm. logical sense. But if I present that same thing to Ed, he'll take it and go to damn California with it, you know? Yep. I have made, there's been so many times I've made puzzles that were so easy, a three-year-old could remember it and figure it out. My players, not even close. 
God. And sometimes on on <laughs> and there's some reasons on sometimes they just did it because they could just to see what like would a, happen. That's like me with some of the puzzles in Breath of the Wild. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! That was, was, was what I actually, oh I actually looked it up on YouTube. I looked it up. I was like, okay, how do I get past this? I looked and it was like, oh, dang, that was super simple. And you're just thinking, like, my god, I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no, mom, I am not smarter than a fifth grader. You gotta say that. I just go into a fit of rage, like f this game. This game's yep. stupid. Yep. I have been there multiple times, multiple and then, times. And then walk back to it and start playing it again. Yeah, exactly. That is, that off is the, leave it alone. That is the definition of insanity, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. I hate this game, man. I hate everything about it. All right, I'll be back in ten minutes. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Because like I have to, I have to, I have a drive to actually beat this. Yeah, I'll be I'll be back shortly. Don't you worry. <laughs> uh, see, I, the only thing about that now though is I hate that like since I'm getting older, I'm getting to a point where I'm starting to like value my time more. <laughs> yeah. So, so like if it pisses me off too much or to the point where I'm just like, you know what, forget this and I'll just quit and I'll be like, worst game ever. But back when I was younger, I like uh I would just keep doing it until I figured it out. Like unlocking the great Sandman outfit on uh the first Budokai game. You oh, had to Lord. be uh, you had to beat the world tournament game. That was game. crazy. That and was you had so to beat it hard. on the hardest level. Yeah. And I kept playing it over and over again just to get that stupid suit that didn't do anything. What What is that? I can't remember the game that's so dang hard that, like, you can't even get past the first, like, two minutes of it. Um, and they made, like, oh, three of them. Dark Souls. Dark Souls. Dark Souls. Yeah. Dark Souls. Yeah, I, I, was, I was thinking Dark Souls. Whoever plays that is... Matt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whoever continues to go back to that, I should say, yeah, yeah. has yeah. a true sense of just enjoying pain yeah. and suffering. Yeah. Wow, you describe Matt so you well. Are, <laughs> you are such a masochist. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I am too, though. Yeah. I, I, I can't. No, I will not put myself through that game. Never. I, I played it for like, I got the game for free. Thank God I did. Because if I bought it, I, I think I would have went back and killed the actual person who sold it to Thank knowing free, what would happen. Yeah, exactly. And I got a free. I, I couldn't even get past the first part of the skeletons. Yeah, my wife. I couldn't even like, get past him. My wife would be, I'd be, this is a uh, bad fact. Dark Souls 3 came out when uh, we were still living in the apartment. Um, we're still living in an apartment. Uh, fun times, actually. That was actually me and my wife are at our absolute poorest. But I think mm-hmm. at that time we were probably at our, you know, we're happy now. But that beginning, probably at our absolute happiest. And like, I'm sitting on the couch, 2 a.m. at night, and I'm playing Dark Souls. And I, I'm in the last boss, and I die. And I'm just like raging. Like, I'm walking from the kitchen to like the living room, like just cursing. Like, it just, it just absolute fit of rage. Mm-hmm. And she's like, What's wrong? I said, Baby, I can't beat this goddamn game. And I'm upset. And she just <laughs> cut the Xbox off. I was, <laughs> I was like, Well, maybe somebody had to tell me to leave. Uh, but yeah, oh, yeah. those, those things, man. Times to me, yeah. You just, you just get stuck, man. You just get stuck mm-hmm. in that loop. You know, it's fun stuff. Oh, yeah. 
But you know, Dark Souls has classes, you know, but they don't even really matter. Uh, <laughs> no, they really don't. Yeah, they no. don't really matter. They don't really matter. No. At all. Which is crazy, you know, how that class system, you know, even going back to like the tabletop has like influenced like so much mm-hmm. stuff because like oh, even yeah. even RPGs, look at Mass Effect. Look at Mass Effect 1, mm-hmm. 2, and 3. Like how, like even, even if you trace <laughs> it back to the Yeah, don't forget. Yeah. Yeah, it was actually actually uh, better and worse than I thought it would be. Uh, I know <laughs> it looks better, but man, it's still pain in the butt. Yeah, better it's and still, worse. It's it's yeah, it's very half and half. But like, mm. bro, like all that stuff, man, just just flows back to it. And uh, oh, matter of fact, this is uh, this is the last thing we'll ask you. Uh, well, last thing we'll talk about before we get towards mm-hmm. the uh, the wrap up the wrap up here. Mm-hmm. If me and Edward played uh, <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons. Dark Alliance for about oh, an hour. God. And, oh God! Uh, when I tell you we hated this game with a oh. passion unseen, uh, oh, since the Civil War, <laughs> with a passion yeah. unseen. Oh, that game was story wise, it was it's great, but you know, mm-hmm. gameplay wise, it was absolutely terrible. And we're probably bro, going, bro, the characters were hovering. Yeah, uh, they yeah. they didn't even touch the ground. That's why I don't even touch Never Neverwinter ever again. There's yeah. just so many things beyond just the the normal MMORPG stuff that you deal with. I, it's, so, there, I, yeah. I got I got such a bad taste in my mouth after playing that. I went back and started playing Skyrim after we got done, <laughs> which is still a good game. Yeah, yeah. It's like I, I feel like Skyrim. Skyrim is basically kind of like what if you if you want to play Dungeons and Dragons. Like in video game form, Skyrim would be the game to play instead well, of like an actual Dungeons and Dragons game. Well, you also have Dragon Age too. Yeah, that too. Like any kind of the, game where you can kind of customize your character and kind of do yeah. what you want to do, I feel like you could do that. Here's the thing that I think is so interesting. In fact, um, and it was I was looking at when we looking at some of the bullet points that you sent me. Um, one of the things that you stated was that you wanted to ask was about. Um, how it influenced pop, uh, the pop culture um, today. And when you look at all of the video games that are so popular, you know, even with the sci-fi to the fantasy to the, even to, you know, um, some of the uh, war games, the battle, like battleground battlefront, you know, all the, every game that you can think of right now that you have played is all based off of Dungeons and Dragons, yep. so either because of the yeah, either because of the the classes and the stats, or because of the way that you can actually customize your characters to sometimes the creation of the the, the lore and the background stories. Everything that you see in video games is based off of some type of of some type of um part of Dungeons and Dragons. And the other thing you're saying you had there was that because why do why do geeks look at Dungeons and Dragons as the that's the that's the one line you don't want to to uh the one line you don't want to cross because it's you know that's it you you're beyond beyond coming back. And the reason why is because it's an active game. You have to, you can't go halfway in. It's, you can't, you know, put your toe, you dip your toes into the water just to feel if it works for you or not. You have to be all in 
and be open for yourself to actually take that chance to create something that you didn't even know you could create to be something that you never thought you could be. And if you're not ready for that, then you're not ready for Dungeons and Dragons. Because like I said, you have to actually put every, your whole self in there. Your, all your creativity that you have, even if you don't have any, just taking that chance of just doing that. And, you know, the other reason why people don't like to play it too much is because it has math involved. <laughs> yeah, there's 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 some math, man. You're absolutely right. Uh, which, which, you know, crazy thing is how much I hate math. That still doesn't yeah. deter me from like, trying to get into it. But yeah. it is you you have to you have to invest and you would know this uh better than me and Ed, but when you probably get your like your crew together, you get your board and uh-huh. you get all your stories set up, man, that's not something you can just do in ten minutes. No. You know what I mean? No. That's not something you can just all right guys, so hey, we got twenty minutes before we all go to bed. No, let's do this, get it knocked out. Like, no, you gotta like be that's, in it. That's, yeah, that's like a whole night affair. Yeah, I like, have played eight hours after when when I when I was a dungeon master, currently right now I'm just a player with a group. Um, if I can be a part of it, um, we would play right after our shift, and I would get off at eleven thirty, and we would play until two, three, almost four o'clock in the morning sometimes. And you know, obviously we'd play in the mornings too, and we'd play for hours upon hours. And here's the other thing. Another reason why some people don't like to even think about trying to play Dungeons and Dragons because they think it's difficult. No, it's not difficult. If you're a dungeon master, it can be a pain in the neck. Right. Um, especially if you're a homebrew dungeon master like myself. Um, I create character, I create storylines based off of mythology in the 1930s, and I just mix a lot of kinds of things together that would work just to make something creative. And but there are people that go out and they buy the guides from Dungeons and Dragons, uh, from uh, um, from West Coast, and you know Wizards of West Co- Wizards of Coast, excuse me. And uh, sometimes that that deters them too. But if you if you want to see how how truly close you can be with friends, and even taking a stranger and becoming one of your best friends. Play that game. You will have the best fun. You will, be, you will have the time of your life because you could either be, you know, like some people that are like the, uh, the, uh, it's a term called, um, what, what is it? Uh, murder hobos. Like you literally just go around and you just, it doesn't matter if, you know, it has anything to do with the story. Somebody will just like go to an NPC and just like, I'm going to slash his neck. I'm just going to slash his throat. Why? He didn't, it's just because I wanted to. They want to see how much is on him. <laughs> there are people that are literally like that. There's dungeon runs. People will be thrown into dungeons and just monster after monster after monster just to do survival mode. It's grueling. Yeah, it's grueling. It's grueling. And it's fun sometimes. Sometimes you just want to go out and you just want to, you know, kill an imaginary monster. You know how, how much therapy that is? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because as much you video want, games you want I get, play, yeah. Do you? Here's the other fact. Here's something I tell. I, I I would love to go on record to say, Dungeons and Dragons is the greatest therapy tool you could possibly use. 
And I'm not talking about just anger management. I'm not talking about just therapy and figuring out, oh, let's make a story about what you're going through. And stuff like No, I'm talking about like putting kids with autism together, people that are having social awkwardness together and having them tell a story together. I have two, both my boys are autistic. One, my oldest is, was diagnosed with Asperger's. You can't tell unless you deal with social stuff, then you can definitely tell. And my youngest, who's five, um, he is, he goes to what's called ABA or analytic behavioral analysis therapy. So they try to take all your occupational therapy, all your speech therapy, physical therapies, and they roll it all into one and come up with something that's good for them to help them to grow. Because even though he's five years old, he still has the mental state mentality of a three-year-old. So that's, and it's actually getting better. It's getting a whole lot better. But taking them, putting them into a room and telling them to, here's your story, this is what's going on. And then having them just sit there and go, okay, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to say this. I want to say that because they're not being themselves or being a character. That is the greatest therapy. And there are studies that show this all over the world. It is. That's the other thing I love about Dungeons and Dragons. It is actually helping people. It is actually helping to bring people together and actually make them more confident. And it's great for, if you're a, a business, you can take your, your, your workers and some of your coworkers and just sit down and just create a story together. And you're teaching so many things. You're teaching problem solving. You're thinking, uh, being able to think on your, on the fly, being able to do teamwork there, and s- math problems. You know, there's all kinds of things that there's so many great things about Dungeons and Dragons that people don't think about that. It actually is better for society. And I like that, man. You know, uh, like I say it forces you, you know, even though you're probably playing a character that's forcing you to reveal a lot of things about yourself uh, mm-hmm. because you have to, like I said, once again, even though you're playing a character, you have to make decisions that make sense to you. You have to make calls that make sense to you. And, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of, it lets you know how you handle pressure. It lets you know how to handle like adversity. So I, I do like the aspect of it. And that's what I always thought was intriguing about it. Uh, mm-hmm. So hey, and I'm glad that it's helping uh, helping like your sons because that's you know I've known people that have uh, that that been in uh, that situation or uh, have uh, have had loved ones who have had to kind of wrestle with autism. So I'm glad mm-hmm. it helps them. I, and I never knew I never knew until you told us that that uh, that was a, a mechanism used to kind of help people work through that. So that's that's awesome stuff. Uh, oh yeah, that's one of the other things that's great about. Uh, about it is the fact that I've actually done it with my, I've actually created a character or excuse me, my son actually created a character and I created a story for him and he loved it for a bit. And then obviously with ADD kind of went away, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> his ADD kicked in pretty quick. Um, but even during that time, he was still having fun, especially when I was creating the story with him and playing these different characters that I had to make up on the fly for him. He loved it. And because of that, he actually is starting to, you know, be more open with people. He's being more open with asking questions, with um, with trying to understand the world around him and, you know, finding things that he didn't think he would actually enjoy, like Batman, you know, and enjoying it. And even right now, he's even thinking of doing videography. 
because of it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So there's so many things, so many things that it, it helps with people. Now, one thing uh, uh, that you said this earlier, too, is uh, I used to be super into Magic together uh, mm-hmm. around about two years ago, actually four years ago. Like, I was super big into Magic together. And back then, I was like, man, I can't believe Wizards of, Wizards of the Coast actually own uh, like D&D. And mm-hmm. they finally released a set of it uh, in the new uh, the new packs where they have like a lot of D and D characters. And I was wondering, like, man, I wonder why it took them so long to actually get that into Magic together. You know, like to get a lot of those characters in. I don't think this is like the first time they did it, but this is the first time they did it in like such a really long time. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I thought that was crazy. Uh, now, one thing, one thing too. This this will kind of be our last topic. Is that D and D has found like a very big following on podcasts. Uh, do you follow any of these shows or any of the, any of these shows like your favorites? I have found a few of them besides Critical Role. Um, oh, what was it? War Maidens, I believe it was called. Um, Dice Camera Action. Um, Venture Club, I think it was called. Uh, there, there's so many out there that it's insane because especially as a dungeon master, you love to hear other people's stories and, you know, try to take a little glimpse of this and that and this and that. And it helps to, to create things in your own mind that you're inspiring to, to create for your players. So yeah, there, there's a, there's a bunch of them. I have, I haven't listened to them for a while because obviously I've been busy being a stay at home dad too. Um, but when I can and do, yeah, there there's so many I love to just try to <clears throat> take glimpses here and there of, uh, especially with Chris Perkins. Oh my gosh, the guy is insanely talented <laughs> as a storyteller. I yeah. love his stories. There's, I love uh, his stories. Uh, the one I listen to is called Adventure Zone. Adventure Zone, Mac- yeah. Mac- uh, McAvoy Brothers. Mm-hmm. And they had one season where they literally did their own version of like a Mad Max race. Yep. yep. That one was that, that was epic. That was it great. Was like, it's, it was like actually I was working like about like an hour away at the time, and I was mm-hmm. listening to that to stay awake. Oh yeah. <clears throat> it, it was it was good stuff. I, I need to go back and re listen to it because I, I kind of lost where I was at. Yeah. <laughs> when I was listening yeah. to it the first time. I cannot remember which one it is, but there's one that. Um, Oh my gosh, I really wish I could actually remember what it was called, but it's one where they were, uh, they were, ju- it was just a straight dungeon run. And it, they were stuck in the dungeon and they had to, um, like, all they were doing was just straight killing monsters to get to the next level. So it was basically like the uh, version of Hunger Games mm-hmm. D&D meets Hunger Games. And it was so good. I wish I could remember what it was called. Um, man, I can't remember. I really can't remember. Uh, you talking about with the same guys? I think so. I think it. I think it is. I can't remember what it's called. It may be. It may be Adventure Zone, but I can't remember what it is. Because I know that they uh, they did their first campaign. They kind of finished it out, and they're like they just started like a new one. Mm-hmm. recently they just started a brand new one but uh that was one thing because like like with that like i think it was a friend of mine at work that same one i had that discussion with about the movie mm-hmm. he's the one that recommended that show to me and oh, yeah. I, was, I started listening to him 
And um, I think I know um, uh, what's the guy's name that does uh, uh, Rick and Morty? Oh, um, Dan, um, it's Dan something. Oh, I cannot remember off the top of my head with him either. But he has his like own uh, show on mm-hmm. like uh, on Verve, I think it is, where mm-hmm. they they play Dungeons and Dragons. They have like a guest character come in on each episode, and they actually mm-hmm. animate some of the ep- uh, some of the segments. Yeah, I think uh, Dan Hartman, Hartman. Yeah, Dan. Yeah, Hartman. Yeah, yeah. He he was good. I like that. That mm-hmm. was pretty good. But yeah, it, it's like it's really neat how. It's grown, and do you think like uh, it could be like a lot of this is the reasoning for it becoming so widespread? Is the fact that it's becoming more and more into popular media? Like you know, Stranger Things had like their whole first season was the kids playing Dungeons and Dragons. I think another reason why it's being popular is because of the fact that you, because people are so open with it now, um, and especially for those who are influencers who are. are considered celebrities um, because of the fact that people follow them so much. And here's the other thing I, I love about being called a geek and a nerd now is because it's not considered a, a bad thing anymore. It, it's, it, it's honestly considered, you know, almost like a hierarchy in a way um, you're, you're being, it's a compliment because here, everybody is a geek and a nerd about so many things. It, and the definition has changed over the years. You know, we, we can look at people in sports, you know, because especially people who know like all the stats of the history of specific uh, teams. And, you know, at 19, uh, you know, the 1957 Super Bowl uh, was this and this, and they played this and this, that's a geek. That's a nerd. They don't mm-hmm. think themselves as that, but it's still, it's still considered the same thing under yeah, the definition. It's kinda, yeah. It's kind of, cause it's camouflaged in something that's not like related to key culture. Right. And that's what because that definition has changed. I think that's the reason why one of the many reasons why it's so open for people to be be influenced by it and be able to be open to it is because of that. When you can say, yeah, let me let me ask you this. Would you go up to the big show or Vin Diesel or Dwayne Johnson and look at them and say and just straight up look at them and go. You're a geek. You are a nerd. Probably not. Uh, no, because you would get your butt whooped. Right. Either that or they laugh and say, thank you. Appreciate that. But it, you don't know. Because of that definition change through the decades, you don't know who's a geek and who's a nerd. Yeah. You know, and the, the crazy thing is, uh, you know, when a lot of societal changes Mm-hmm. There are some topics, there's some things that people just grow up with. And so mm-hmm. it doesn't seem out of the norm for them. Like, like okay, so I was born in the 80s, grew up in the 90s. So mm-hmm. pretty much, uh, I guess it could be safe, uh, said for most, most of us, is that at that point in time, that was like the... That was like the diversion point. That was yeah. like when so much stuff got introduced, right? Yeah. And so to us, that doesn't feel it doesn't feel out of place. It doesn't feel mm-hmm. weird. It doesn't feel like wrong. 
You know, yeah. but to like people that are older than us, they're coming mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, this this is this is unnatural, this isn't normal, or this isn't inside the norms. So like, you're that right. That got way too big eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Here's the other thing. Would you would you go to Joe Manganiello and say that he was a nerd? No. Have you seen his wife? <laughs> I'm sorry. If you were going by the original definition, he would not be considered a nerd because of, of look at him for one thing. He doesn't look like a nerd. He doesn't speak like a nerd unless you talk about Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. Then that's a whole different story. Um, but back then, it was very, very rare and far and few in between that you would actually have a wife that looked like uh, like her. I mean, come on now. Come on now. Sure. But again, that's what I'm saying. It's like everybody's definition has changed over the decades. Yeah, and different. everybody. Yeah, it's it's like this, like uh, Vin Diesel put it one time. It's like it's nostalgia. You know, he would get off of work and then go play sometimes with his friends. Yeah, you know? that's true. Uh, yeah. It's just it, it's becoming like it's kind of neat. Like you said earlier about how like being called like being categorized as a geek now like it's something that we we grew up as and we were mm-hmm. kind of you know we kind of had to hide it a little bit back when we were kids you know you got picked on for liking like hell i got picked on for liking dragon ball yeah like growing up in school and then like mm-hmm. when dragon uh the the broly movie dropped out like when it dropped mm-hmm. we had a theater and you got all these people my age who's just like losing their mind during mm-hmm. that scene and i'm like where were y'all at <laughs> you know? Well, the thing you know about what? it is, we grew up and we bought guns, and so now mm-hmm. nobody can disrespect us. <laughs> well, all that too, yeah. Nobody. It's, it's also the fact is that we are the creators yeah. of the things that people love today. Look yeah, at sure. look at Marvel. Yeah. Look how huge Marvel got, sure. and you know why? It was because of people like us that grew up on it. That yeah. had because here's the other aspect: growing up. You don't, you have, you finally got that thick skin. It's like someone calls you, they're like, and are you yeah. trying to hurt me? Or yeah. are you trying to tell the truth? The definition changes for you. Like what hurts, you know, like, yeah. uh, you know, nowadays, yeah. okay, hey, my bill's paid. I got money in my pocket. You know, as long as you don't put your hands on me, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah, just, exactly. just, just, just stays like that. So the, so the definition changes. And so I, I think it's, I think it's different times, man. There's one mm-hmm. thing I will say, you know, going back to what Ed said is, is it's more acceptable for mm-hmm. kids now. It's more acceptable. Oh yeah, because we allowed it. Yeah. We 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 made it acceptable yeah. because we went through the crap. And I and I like we that. Went through you know? that. Yeah. Because yeah. Go ahead. I'm I'm off of people being who exactly what they want to be, how they want to be, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You know, and uh, having their own little space or their little piece of the pie that they carve out for themselves. So so I, mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. You know, I like people being able to express themselves in in different ways. Yeah, it's like um, because it's going back and like like you said earlier, like I remember you brought up another point too, um, about how the older generation still hasn't got on board with like a lot of the changes. Like they're just kind of like they look at us funny that all this stuff is mm-hmm. like popular things that they grew up with. It's like I worked with this guy one day, and he's like he's in his sixties or whatever, <clears throat> and like he's over here like making these jokes like that, that wouldn't never pass for today, you know? Mm-hmm. And we just kind of look at him and he's just like, what, you don't think it's funny? I'm like, no, it's not. Like that doesn't make no sense. Like your joke is kind of irrelevant. Like he's making fun of like somebody because of their sexuality. And I'm like, 
he's like saying they're stupid because they like a certain thing or whatever. I'm like, that don't make no sense. That just because they like that doesn't mean they're stupid. Yeah. Like, just because they don't agree with your point of view doesn't mean they're stupid. Yeah. And, and here's the other aspect <clears throat> of it, adding on to that is the fact that when you own exactly what you like, no matter what people say, then it makes you happier, especially when you can find people that like the same things. Mm-hmm. That's why they're. That's why there's so many niches that it's not even called a click anymore. You know, during the nineties, you know, we, every group was a click because everybody clicked on certain things, but now it's like everybody loves so many different things that everybody else is fine with that. It doesn't really matter anymore. Plus we're, we've as adults and as, especially with, as me, as a, as a father, I try to teach my kids so many things when it comes to people like bullying and stuff like that is people are going to make fun of you for the dumbest things and you're going to, it's going to hurt you and you're going to, it's, you're going to have to suck it up and you're going to have to drive on and it's going to bother you sometimes. But by the time that you get to my age, you won't even remember their name, let alone what the heck they said about you. And I, I think the fact that we can tell the next generation that is something that makes it better. The fact that we're teaching them kindness, generosity, being able to love one another without judging one another is another way of us keeping that that kink that geek them alive. You know, and 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 spreading the syndrome around it as much as possible. Ooh, look at that. Look at that full circle. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. That'll be $150. Uh, Charge it to his bank account. Yeah, Matt's he's got a, this. Uh, Matt's a, got a, this. a primary car holder for the business Matt's, card. Matt's uh, got this. I'm broke. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk later. We'll I'm talk later. We'll figure it out. Yeah, I'll, uh, oh, look at the time. I have to go. Yeah, you have to go get the money for this, uh, this young man for services rendered. That's As yet, dude. No, All right, guys. Yeah. So I, I believe we've had a very productive conversation here. So that's going to bring us to the end. Uh, let me see. Click through this, though. Second through word documents. Okay. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to let uh, Maccabee, uh, we're going to let him uh, plug all his stuff where you can follow him, uh, some of the stuff that he's working on. Uh, and so, Mr. Maccabee, the floor is yours, sir. Wow. It's a big floor, too. Uh my name is Maccabee Griffin. I'm a voiceover actor and a voiceover consultant for small businesses. Um, you can find me at my homepage of macgriffinvo.com, M-A-C-K-G-R-I-F-F-I-N-V-O, as in victoroscar.com. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at macgriffinvo and on Twitter at macgriff909. Okay, and of course, as always, uh, I know you know this by now, but we're going to say it anyway. My name is Matt. My name is Ed. Uh, Geek Syndrome just got through a pretty uh, 30-day style break. Uh, you guys would not believe the amount of stuff that happened uh, to me and my family. <laughs> we are uh, fighting dinosaurs and dragons. <laughs> I would have preferred that, actually. I would have preferred every ounce of that than some of the things I have uh, been through in the past 30 days. Uh, only thing that I ask is that uh, that you guys just wait for us. Uh, starting that, what's the, is it July now? Yeah, it's July. About to be yep. August. Uh, so starting in August, uh, we're going to hit the ground uh, running as always. Uh, 
this will probably be either wherever part you listen to this will either be probably the, the whole episode the first half or the second half we're not sure if we're going to break it down just yet but expect one more from big, us one big episode one big episode fine with me one sir. Big uh, so expect more from us respect more things from us because we will be delivering more things uh, I'm going to let Ed plug the rest of the stuff because he's better at that than me um, our outro does that just say something man oh listen to our outro <sighs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is Geek Syndrome. Uh, this will be the last time we ever hear from Ed because I'm going to bury his body. Uh, bury his please, body. please, oh God, do it before tomorrow. I don't uh, want to work. I will bury his body after he gets off work. Hey, bro, oh, make you want that torture first, that's, man. That's yeah, yeah, that's brutal. That's yeah. brutal. Make you that's a friend day. right there for you. What time so o'clock is, sir? What time o'clock is? No, I clock out at. What time do I go in tomorrow? Ugh, I clock out at 8 o'clock in the morning. Dang. 8 o'clock? Don't sound right to me. That sounds like the time you're going in. You tried to trick me. All right, I'll see you. <laughs> I'll see you at 530. <laughs> Dang. See you at 530, sir. But hey, guys, uh, once again, thank you for tuning in. Uh, uh, like I said, once again, starting, uh, starting August the 1st, you can expect weekly updates for the YouTube page. Uh, I have a lot of content that I've already mixed. Uh, some of this stuff is older podcasts that we're going to be uploading. Uh, it's going to be some of our new review series that we've been doing. Uh, some stuff for, uh, what, what are we doing there? We're doing the Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Not Ultimate Alliance, uh, Marvel Avengers. Uh, we're yeah, also going to have cool. the review for the D&D, which is, more, which is not really a review. It's just more of me uh, going absolutely insane about how much Trash I dislike talking. it. Yeah, sir. <laughs> and, uh, I was drunk during the whole thing. <laughs> That is uh, a common occurrence. Uh, once again, I'd like to thank Mr. Maccabee for uh, gracing us with his time and his presence because a man like this probably has a ton of other things to do than to talk to us uh, cornballs. Uh, thank you for tuning in to Geek Syndrome. We'll see you guys later.